Welcome to the Zeitgeist 19 curated podcast, exploring the spirit of now through the lens of art and sustainability. Your hosts are Farah Piria and Elizabeth Zhovkova. For today's episode, we are meeting Nina Yashar, founder of Nilofar Gallery and Nilofar Depot in Milan, to talk about the changing role of design and how technology, ecology and biology affect the field. Ever the rebel, Yashar boldly runs her aesthetics Baba house, confirming herself as an exceptional outsider on the scene of international design and a catalyst for new talent. Hi Nina, thank you for being here with us today, it's an honor. To begin with, I know that you're from Iranian descent. How did it influence your work and how cultural diversity is a critical consideration in the design sector? Uh, the style and uh, cultural influences of Nilufar are deeply connected to my Iranian origins that actually shaped my career. The three fundamental uh, words uh, that I would use to define uh, the style of Nilufar are eclectic, original, and multicultural. Uh, due to my roots, uh, I am very cosmopolitan, and uh, I always thought that uh, in the life uh, we have always to stay with open eyes without uh, any boundaries uh, in the mind. Uh, in fact, when uh, I started to work, uh, I was uh, 21 and uh, I started to work uh, with uh, dealing only antique carpet, that it was my family business. And uh, immediately I had the problem that I was surrounded from uh, incredible, important uh, uh, dealers in uh, dealing carpets. Uh, so immediately I understood that my only, only way to be noticed uh, was, uh, was to do something new, was to force uh, my knowledge, uh, founding uh, new, new boundaries. And uh, in fact, uh, that was the moment of my first exhibition that I had, that it was the rose in the carpet. And, uh, uh, they were killing uh, all uh, with uh, the rose motifs inside, uh, and they were Bessarabian killings. Uh, in that period uh, in Europe, uh, nobody presented, uh, it was the first time that was presented in Europe, uh, this typology of carpet. Uh, the, the name Kilim, it means that it's a texture and uh, they are not knotted carpet. So, uh immediately I have been noticed from the Milanese public uh, because I presented something that was uh, really very innovative and in the same time uh, fascinating in terms of uh, the decoration and of the or or ornamental. And it had a big success, uh, a big, a big um, commercial success. Uh, and uh, after what really uh, gave uh, 
what really can uh, be a witness of what I am saying is that uh, every time I went around the world in my trip, for example, when I went more than 25 years ago in Nepal uh, for, for buying, uh, looking for carpets, I, I, for the first time, I, I discovered the amazing Tibetan chest of drawers, all hand-painted from the 16th, 17th, 18th century. And I came back with uh, this incredible monastic, uh, uh, monastic uh, pieces. Um, when I went... Uh, to Tokyo for it was a, a it was a pleasure it was a pleasant it was a traveling uh, tour not uh, the real purpose but not was not the business but was uh, culture and uh, but in any case uh, I find I found out uh, some incredible antique galleries and they came back uh, in Italy with uh, Amazing screens, uh, Japanese screens uh, covered uh, with uh, uh, gold leaf. And after when I went uh, in uh, in Stockholm, uh, for example, where I discovered the the, uh, the, the mid-century Scandinavian design, uh, I came back uh, with uh, incredible furnitures, and uh, all these. Uh, all these different uh, uh, scenarios, uh, I liked immediately to produce books. Uh, the, the, the first two books that I produced were crossings, uh, where I really mixed uh, in the same page, in the same image, in the same photos, uh, uh, an Indian carpet of 19th century, um, a Scandinavian chairs, or an Alvarado screen. Uh, uh, with uh, a Tibetan piece, uh, with uh, mm, everything mixed up in the same image, for sure, not mixed up just like this, but uh, with uh, a sense of uh, harmony. And for me, the harmony is a sort of uh, synergy, is a sort of disharmony, is a dialectic uh, between uh, different uh, culture, historical pieces, uh, uh, different uh, epochs. And uh, at the end, to be brief, uh, not so long, in, uh, in general, in the design field, uh, for me, cultural uh, differences are fundamental because they enrich, uh, broaden the mind and allow to measure ourselves with new boundaries. Your recent practice seems to create this harmony uh, you're mentioning, or rather a dialogue between art and design. Can you tell us more about the relationship between the two? Since when I started to deal with the contemporary design, at the beginning of my career, uh, that it was more than 15 years, I've always been obsessed to follow my severe point of view that it means design has to be functional. So uh, this was a sort of dogma where that I followed uh, really till uh, two years ago, let's say. For me, 
the idea of uh, conceiving of uh, taking in consideration uh, a piece of art and design was uh, something uh, too easy to do in a way because i always thought that design is function for sure against my opinion many other galleries they treated uh, uh, pieces that we can uh, consider between art and design my first uh, uh, my first time that uh, i really went through this narrative and uh, that i really accepted to to show something that follow the concept of uh, art and design in collectible design it has been last year when i presented uh, a project by young designer uh, of a collective uh, called far and uh, apart aside the fact that i presented this uh, in this amazing uh, uh, huge uh, balloon uh, that joseph Grima uh, curated the, the space that was uh, the creating of the space but um, uh, far uh, far uh, is uh, is for the first time uh, a collective that represented this kind of relation between uh, art and design and uh, almost opened the door to a new category that could be an interesting hybridization that can surely renew both the worlds of design and art. Speaking of Design Week, the global pandemic just hit while everyone was getting ready for Salon della Mobile. How is the misfortune affecting the industry in long-term perspective? The global pandemic uh, happened unfortunately in the worst moment uh, for the design world and specifically for Milano. It's very destabilizing to leave uh, this current situation that is full of uh, uncertainties and risks to take involves a very large and fundamental international network for the economic and productive growth in our sector and the fact that the salone del mobile has been cancelled created a big big economical problems to the farms the industries and 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 also to the economic of, uh, of of Milano itself. But sincerely, I was always convinced that uh, the idea of having uh, an yearly Salone del Mobile uh, was not uh, absolutely uh, a good idea and a good timing. I, I always thought that Salone del Mobile uh, had to be biennale, biennial. Why? Because uh, the designers, uh, they are so pressed uh, to produce uh, every year new narrative, new creativity, new project, uh, new content, uh, and I think it's very difficult uh, um, also for the galleries uh, to present uh, interesting projects. Uh, 
because uh, the designers are too pressed. They do not have time uh, to think. Uh, they do not have time to, uh, to create. Also because they are as well in the routine of the daily life. So I think that this, uh, in a way, if, if we want to see the, 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 the good side of this situation uh, is that uh, the next year, I suppose the Salone del Mobile will be very, very important and uh, full of content because uh, the designers uh, during this uh, forced isolation, uh, they are they are creating, they are thinking, uh, they are producing content. What an interesting suggestion to reconsider the frequency of the Salone del Mobile. And uh, definitely the anticipation would be increased if it had the biennial format. Um, following your thoughts about the change, how can we rethink and reshape public spaces? And how will you be reevaluating the original objectives of your gallery? As for public spaces, but not only those, uh, they will have to be lived with, uh, with uh, much more attention following for sure the new health directives and the social distance, distancing. But um, Nilufar Gallery, uh, we, Nilufar Gallery and the Nilufar Depot, they will remain the places par excellence where it's possible for me to give life to, to my scenarios that I want to create. But uh, the point is uh, that uh, um, I am not going to change uh, my, my objectives, uh, my programs. Uh, um, I am going to, to show the, the projects that uh, I produced. But what is new in my, what changed my idea uh, is uh, the uh, is to add uh, to my program, uh, in the meantime, uh, a collection that uh, is called Heritage. And Heritage is, uh, is a collection of, uh, of pieces that uh, they characterized the first years of collecting design of Nilufar. So, these are roughly 200 pieces that I want to show, trying to create uh, the intimacy that in that moment everybody is, uh, uh, is experiencing. So I want to create some scenographies uh, and to show all these pieces uh, and to try to reach uh, uh, young uh, also audience uh, because uh, the value of these pieces uh, will be the same value that. Uh, uh, they had uh, uh, 15, 16 years ago. So it's a sort of a collection uh, that uh, I want to show how Nilufar Gallery started to collect. So I think it's a good starting point uh, to have uh, as well uh, a good dialogue uh, with, um, with, uh, with young people. And what is your vision on green design? Do you think there should be climate crisis-focused policies in terms of design and production? I believe that uh, even in design, uh, as in any area today, 
the production of pieces can be improved and made more compatible and ecological through many different aspects, like sustainable materials or processes. But um, for Nilufer Gallery is uh, is 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 perhaps uh, uh, this sustainable is a word that uh, characterized really the first uh, the first years that the gallery approached to contemporary design because the gallery achieved I bought. Uh, 14, 15 years ago, the 100 chairs in 100 days of Martino Gamper. And uh, the, uh, Martino Gamper used recycled chairs found uh, on the streets of London, uh, using them to create, uh, to recreate 100 new conceptual chairs. So I think that the gallery and Martino Gamper, we are pioneer. In, uh, in this matter. Last year, uh, Martino Gamper returned to this th thematic of reuse with a post-recollection, which is realized with uh, special panels obtained using plastic scraps from yogurt cups and car bumpers to highlight the theme mm. of sustainability and recycling and repurposing consumer waste in order to profess the beauty in, in scrap. So the gallery in the years had other kind of example of dealing um, with recycled material. For example, another project of Roberto Giulio Rida that uh, his incredible glass pieces uh, are realized using antique vintage glasses to cover the furnitures he produced. So, but what is much more, I think, interesting, because Nilfa Gallery doesn't deal only contemporary projects and designs, but deal as well for 50% of our activity, the, the vintage, we have vintage collection, so, in my opinion, there are also many other ways to be sustainable. Thinking, for example, to the collection of historical pieces. And I believe that uh, choosing to buy a vintage piece is a sustainable choice because the waste of the disposable culture is limited. And we can restore these pieces uh, and these precious materials uh, and, uh, and preserve them. Speaking of your historical pieces, um, your mid-century selection is being greatly appreciated worldwide. But besides the vintage collectible furniture, Nilufar, especially the depot, serves as a catalyst for emerging designers. Tell us about your newest discoveries. My latest discoveries uh, are, um, are, as I mentioned before, the young designers of the collective FAR, uh, that I hosted the exhibition last year in Ilufadip. And uh, this uh, collective far has been created by Studio Vedette. Among them 
the one that uh, I think uh, she will remain, my modest uh, opinion, uh, that she will, she will become one of the biggest talent uh, is the French designer Audrey Large. And for me, has been uh, definitely a revelation because she's very young, very talented, graduated from Indoven Design Academy, and she has an interdisciplinary practice. And her work seizes less the questions the nature of objects, especially in the new digital dimension. So I am very attracted from uh, her pieces. First of all, because I usually deal pieces that I, I have really to love and to feel and to like. So what I really like about her work is uh, this uh, challenge and mixture between Baroque and contemporary at the same time. And in the, as well, we can, uh, uh, we can consider her work uh, sustainable mm. because she works with a PLA material that it's a polylactic acid material, um, a thermoplastic polymer known as bioplastic because it's biodegradable. And she used for all her works the 3D printing technology. The other name that I really would like to mention uh, is the French Lebanese artist uh, Flavie Audi, who investigates various uh, geological forms uh, referred uh, to planets uh, and the materials uh, to shape an utopian world where uh, real and uh, virtual meet. So this year we'll uh, present uh, in uh, the entrance of the of depot uh, her monographic exhibition Terra in Firma. That sounds extremely interesting, Nina. Usually innovations come out of necessity, and uh, considering the current global situation, do you think design will become more oriented towards well-being? So I believe that uh, the current situation. Uh, uh, makes uh, us return to the original uh, of the industrial design that is uh, mainly oriented and it will be more oriented uh, to simplicity, functionality and uh, to conceive uh, the creation of uh, objects uh, that uh, their purpose uh, uh, has to meet uh, uh, specific needs. So, uh, in this sense, uh, I believe that uh, this goes hand in hand uh, with uh, greater collaboration between uh, designer and scientists, bio biologists, and is linked to increasingly cutting edge technology. So I think that uh, creative process uh, will be much more put in conversation uh, with uh, innovative uh, and useful technology, technological processes. And uh, I also think that uh, this uh, will, um, will push everybody of us uh, 
uh, using more uh, every kind of uh, virtual uh, uh, communication. So as well, the communication is connected. Uh, uh, it is it, going to be a sort of innovation, the communication because uh, as we are isolated and as people will not come in our spaces, so uh, there are many uh, young people, they are using new technology to communicate in, uh, in, virtual, uh, in virtual way, virtual video and, uh, and this. But also creative processes uh, can be put in conversation with uh, innovative and useful technological uh, processes uh, where form and function can best express and they best, for example, all those who today have reconverted to the design and construction of health masks, medical gowns, uh, fans, and etc. Thank you so much for this insightful conversation, Nina, and we thank everyone for listening to us. <laughs>